Hey friend, and welcome back to the Alex Makes VR podcast. In today's episode, it is the first episode of a brand new year, 2021. We're kicking it off with how to pitch 360 and VR ideas when you are in-house. I've had quite a few of you reach out to tell me, Alex, I love 360, I love virtual reality, I really believe in it, but I'm an employee at a company and I just don't know how to have that conversation. I just don't know how to get my colleagues or my boss on side to give it a shot. What do I do? So that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. If you have a subject or a question for me to cover in future episodes, I would love to hear from you. It's Alex Makes VR on Instagram and Twitter. And every single week when these episodes go live, I send out a weekly newsletter directly to your inbox to give you an overview of the best takeaways from the episodes. If you want to sign up for that, you can do so at alexmakesvr.com. So how do you pitch 360 and virtual reality ideas in-house? And obviously the same principles apply to augmented reality or any kind of emerging or innovative medium that maybe your company hasn't quite decided to dip their toes into yet. How do you sell in those ideas? Well, before we jump in, um, obviously you might be listening to this episode in the future where Oculus and VR and 360 are a little bit more commonplace. So maybe you don't even have to address the first hurdle, which is, do they even know what a 360 video or photo or virtual reality even is? Like, is that the first hurdle that you're going to have to jump over? Because I think often when people want, when people... When people like myself get excited about new technology, we sometimes forget that when we jump into a conversation with someone about it, that person might not even know what it is. I mean, it'd be pretty pointless me jumping in and explaining how I think virtual reality is going to transform the lives of all school children one day because it's going to be the best educational tool ever without actually explaining that, oh, virtual reality is this headset that you put on and it's all encompassing and it allows you to step into the shoes of anyone, anywhere. And it allows you to do anything, even impossible things. It's a device that literally lets you step into a virtual world of anyone's making. Without that prior knowledge, people aren't going to get really excited about VR. If I just start jumping in and start talking about it, they'll be like, wait, hang on a second, what? (laughs) And it's funny because you and I, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, then you, of course, already know what all of these technologies are. You've maybe even been looking into them or creating for these mediums for a while now. So it it would seem strange that there's people out there that might not know what what it exactly is. So that's the first thing you need to remember to do is make sure that they actually know what the medium is. Something really excited me over the Christmas period in 2020 because um, Oculus was trending in the top 10 uh, free apps on App Store, especially uh, I think it was uh, specifically here in the UK. Um, But that to me was huge. I was like, wow, how far have we come that you know, in the matter of years, we've gone from this janky, clunky, massive piece of hardware that you could barely keep on your face for 15 minutes without it hurting 
to a device that is so good and such a good price point and has so much to offer and is so slick and simple to use that people everywhere would have woken up on Christmas morning and found themselves entering the new world of VR. That's such a great sign. And it's a great sign because it means that more and more people are going to become well-versed with VR, whether it's, you know, they bought it for a friend or their kid or their cousin or their mum, like whoever, whoever it is, even by someone in relation to them having a VR headset, we are widening the pool of people that will have access to a VR headset. So that's super exciting. So number one, make sure that they actually know what the tech is. And notice how when I talk about the medium, when I talk about what it actually is, I don't, I mean, I, I sometimes can joke and say that it's a computer that you strap to your face because, you know, if we're going to be literal about it, that is what it is, right? When we're talking about VR or when we're talking about 360 video, we can talk about it being a video that you can look all the way around. We can see everything. But I also like to frame it in a little bit of a romantic way, right? I like to paint a, a picture for the person. So it might be a computer that you're strapped to your face. But once you strap that computer to your face, you can be anywhere and anyone. And all of a sudden, nothing is impossible. Nothing is off limits because you are stepping into a virtual world where anything is possible. So also think about that. I mean, you don't want to get too overly... I mean, I can get away with it because I'm, I'm kind of known for being a little bit over the top. But... <laughs> If you're if you're more of like a kind of um, a low key subdued, maybe more uh, you know techy kind of person, maybe you don't need to go into the big lavished romantic language. But it does help. It helps paint a picture of what is possible with this tech, and that's how you get people to buy into it. Not for them to see it for what it is right now, but what it could be, what it could mean for your company, what it could mean for your employer. So step number one, define what the medium is. Step number two is to show them an amazing example. Doesn't necessarily have to be your own work. Go out there and find, a, you know, the piece of work that made you believe in the tech. The piece of 360 video that got you excited about picking up a camera. When I uh, tend to talk about um, VR with um, filmmakers... I very rarely show them my own work because I think of all of my own VR work, especially on the original side of things, as work in progress. They're experiments. They are little examples of things that I wanted to try out. And, you know, I love them for what they are, but most of them don't have the kind of budget behind them that would actually make it a wow piece, right? So I like to find something that's actually had a bit of budget behind it. You know, you've got these big studios that were throwing money at um, 360 video back in the day that still, although the quality is maybe not as good as it could be nowadays, it's still pretty phenomenal production value. So, for example, I love the Mr. Robot. Uh, VR experience. I think that is such a, a unique and a incredible example still of 360 video. And it's sad that that is years old now. That's like 2015, I think, um, or 2016. Um, 
that's still a piece that I will recommend filmmakers go and check out purely because it had so much budget behind it and obviously so much uh, money for the talent and actors and, and production value and set design and everything that there's no way that a filmmaker like myself on a tiny little budget is going to be able to replicate that kind of production value very easily. They've got crane shots, they've got, you know, moving shots, they've got animation combined with live action, they've got incredible locations, they've set decorated, they've colour graded, they've done everything, they've done such a beautiful job on that piece. And there's absolutely been pieces since that have such huge artistic merit. But often you need to understand the audience that you're trying to convince and know what kind of piece. I know that if I want to show a company the best use case of VR, I'm not going to go in and show them a lovely little art piece that was really kind of minimal, but really powerfully intellectually um, that, you know, one Venice. I'm not going to show them that. I'm going to show them a really kick-ass, incredibly slick, well-thought-through UX VR experience, training experience, for example. You know, something relevant to them. So go out, find yourself a good example of something that you know will... And this is a bit of that, like, reverse engineering the person. Find something that you know will wow the person that you need to get on board Because ultimately, in order to get someone in-house to take you seriously or to give you a little bit of budget to go out and, sure, let's have a look at this 360 or VR thing, you need to get the decision maker on board. You need to get the person with the purse power. You know, who's in control of the money? Who's in control of the budget? Who gets to sign that stuff off? Who do you need to convince is a good idea um, in order to kind of get the ball rolling. That's the person you need to reverse engineer. That's the person you need to pick an experience that they will like or that will wow them or that is relevant to the company to really... And and you don't even necessarily always have to show them the VR piece to begin with. You could even show them like an online case study. Like for me, I love that the company behind the Walmart training experiences did such an in-depth case study on them and they put out statistics and they did like this big write-up on their website. I'm not pretending that that's my work. I know that's another VR company that's done that and it's, you know, it's on their website. But that opens the conversation when I give that to like a head of training or a head of learning development and say, this is why you should be taking training in VR very, very seriously. Or, you know, you point to uh, the PwC uh, reports that look at how effective virtual reality training is in the workplace. You know, point to these things and then maybe find a VR experience. And just remember that that first experience can be quite pivotal. It's it's a little bit make or break. So make sure that... Oh, hang on a second. I've accidentally closed my phone app there. They are a little behind the scenes. Good start, 2021. Um, and for those of you who don't know, yes, I do just record this by pacing around my living room, talking into my iPhone. Um, so, you know... Find find those case studies, and then um, and then and then find a piece of VR that you can then show them, and that experience will make or break it. So make sure that 
when you put someone in that VR headset for the first time, make sure it's not a clunky experience. Make sure that you prep them before they go into the headset so that they know exactly uh, how to work it. Maybe even get it all queued up and ready so that as soon as they put it on their head, it automatically starts playing for them. Make it as seamless as possible to give that person the best kind of experience. And I talk about that more in an episode I did a while ago um, talking about how to take someone's VR virginity. Um, for the first time. So you can go back and listen to that episode. So that's point number two. Point number three is simple. Know when VR or 360 is actually valuable. There is no way, especially in this climate right now, that I would be going in if I was an employee and trying to pitch, I don't know, my head of marketing on 360 and VR right now. Because the truth is, at the moment, there is not enough proof that you can get that return on investment with 360 and VR in marketing. It's just just not the best bet right now. Now, that could change. I'm not saying that that's going to be forever. Maybe when you're listening to this episode in the future, uh, maybe, maybe it's all changed and 360 and VR is actually the way that most marketing is going. But for now, for right now, January 4th, 2021, the best use of marketing money, arguably, is in lots of different uh, social media creative with ad spend behind it on the biggest platforms or investing in influencer marketing, that kind of thing. So I'm not going to pretend that chucking 10 grand a 360 video or chucking 10 grand at a VR activation for a marketing company is a good investment right now. Now, it might still be worth having a conversation with your boss or your colleagues to get to get them to kind of at least understand what this technology is. And if you're someone that's in the augmented reality world, that's a totally different conversation because that is popping off in the branding and marketing world. That Now is actually an amazing time to be talking about AR if you are working on that side of things. But 360 and VR, like know its value, know where it can achieve a return on investment and know, just know that it's a very big ask to say to someone who is a posi- in a position of power, whose, whose job relies on them getting this right, whose job is on the line, whose neck is on the line, if this doesn't work, if they've just wasted budget, Know, know, that, know that not every single time that person is going to say, yeah, all right, let's give that a go. And absolutely, you can understand why, right? Like if they don't feel like the value is there right now, if they've got a proven track record uh, with social media videos or TikTok influencers or whatever it is, maybe they're not going to stick their neck out on the line and give AR filters a go. And that's okay. And that's something, if you're in-house, you have to understand that ultimately you can absolutely keep banging that drum and you can keep trying to expose colleagues to VR and 360 and AR experiences and keep doing that. You know, sometimes it takes a few touch points to get people on board. But ultimately, understand that unless the value proposition is there, you can you can kind of understand why people wouldn't want to take a chance on 360 and VR. 
And obviously, I don't know your company. You might work for a massive company that has a budget set for innovation and R&D. And that's amazing. Because if you know who controls, and maybe you even ask, maybe ask the person in power or the person who controls the money, you know, do we have an do we have a budget for R&D? Do we have a budget for innovation, trying new things? Because, you know, I want to talk to someone um, about this new tech that I've been using at home or that I've been experimenting with on the side or whatever it might be. Um, definitely have that conversation. Uh, and sometimes if you're in a company like that, yes, they can chuck some money. at some, That's literally how my career got started, essentially, was a little bit of extra money that they were like, oh, we need to do something interesting with that. Let's just throw it at a 360 piece to accompany this big campaign. Um, we don't really care, like, whether or not it makes a return or whether it's successful or not. Um, and that's amazing. That's such a fortunate position to be in. Not everyone listening to this is going to be in that position. So have empathy. Have empathy that ultimately, unless you are the one controlling the budget, uh, and ultimately, not only are you controlling the budget, but it's your head on the line if you don't get a return on that budget, um, know that sometimes it's going to be out of your control whether or not you can sell 360 or VR, the idea of it in-house. But keep banging that drum. Like I said, you know, 2021, more people than ever know what VR is. More people than ever have access to VR headsets now. We're going to start to see the trickle-out effect of that. We're going to start to see more people become well-versed with this tech. And it would not surprise me if we start to see that seep into working culture. We already know that 360 and VR are phenomenal in the workplace for learning and development, for upskilling, for recruitment, for inductions, for health and safety, any scenario, unconscious bias training, whatever it might be. There's so many amazing use cases. So when you go to pitch that person, make sure that you are pitching it value first. Go in there confident that the use case that you're pitching 316 VR for is actually valuable. Don't go in there pitching, oh, I thought it'd be nice if we filmed the Christmas do in 360 so we can relive it next year. Do you want to give me a couple of grand like to do that? Or can we have a budget for that? Because unless your company's got money to burn, I doubt that's going to happen. But yo, Samantha, I know that we've got that seminar coming up next week. And I know that because of COVID, we've got loads of remote workers who aren't going to necessarily be able to be there in person. And I know that you've had to trim the numbers. I'm like really keen on this technology 360 video and it's got a live streaming function. Why don't we live stream? Why don't we like hire a camera and do a 360 live stream of the seminar and send out a bunch of Google Cardboards to employees at home and they can join in as if they were there? Here's an example of what that might look like. You know, it's the next best thing to being there. Why is it better than Zoom? Because you can guarantee they're actually engaging because they have to put it to their face. They can't be doing anything else. They can't be on Zoom and also on their phone and also replying to emails. They have to physically be there. They're going to feel, you know, as close to being there as possible without actually physically being there. That's a good use case. That's a good value prop. There's a great example. All right. All right, Samantha says. All right. Yeah, we, you know, that seems, that seems sensible. And 
she can then potentially, you know, justify that as, a, you know, a worthwhile expenditure because hopefully that would increase, you know, the people that attend that seminar, that would increase the people that are learning, that would make that worthwhile, blah, 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 blah. You get the point. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. I feel like, I'm really sorry, this is a bit of a rambly one, guys. Kicking off, <laughs> starting as we mean to go on. A total ramble fun. Um, but as you know, the most important thing is to just keep showing up. Keep subtly having those conversations. Keep, keep your own ear to the ground. Keep your own research going. Keep your own passion alive outside of um, your nine to five, making your 360 work, experimenting with VR one day this technology will be mainstream. One day this technology will be the must-have thing for every workplace. And you can just subtly sit back on your laurels and be like, told you so. Did try to talk to you about this. You know, just keep just keep exposing people to the idea or bringing it up in conversation or sending those case studies as and when you come across them. Um, because who knows, maybe just by keep banging on that drum uh, in your company, maybe you then become the head of that department um, when, when all of a sudden they are ready and willing to invest in it. In fact, for those of you who haven't listened to the episode that I did with Jeremy Dalton, episode number 82, I believe it was, um, where he talked about his journey uh, into VR and also the best use cases for VR within business right now. Definitely go check that episode out um, because you could probably learn a lot of that and apply it to how to pitch internally as well as if you're pitching um, clients for business. Um, but he talks about how that's exactly how he became the head of VR and AR for PwC UK, a huge multi-billion pound organisation globally. And he became the head of VR and AR in the UK simply by talking to his boss consistently about this new tech, by keeping his passion alive for it outside of it, keeping an eye on the trends, bringing it up where possible, knowing when when it would be useful, showing uh, proof and use cases to his boss about it until the point that his boss said, all right, then, do you know what? Let's give it a go. Here's a little bit of budget. Here's a team. Let's see what this thing can do. And I think it's two or three years in now, and they are absolutely dominating that team. I'm very, very fortunate to work closely with them. And they are just a powerhouse. And I, they will continue to expand, I have no doubt, because the use cases for VR and AR um, in a big corporate setting, especially with companies that have a bit of money behind them, um, the possibilities are endless, really. So there it is. There is some, some ways in how to tackle pitching in-house your 360 and VR ideas. I hope that was helpful. Let me know how you get on. If you are in-house, if you are an employee and this is something you've been wanting to do for a while, let me know how you get on. Let me know uh, whether people are receptive to the conversations um, and who knows where this will take you. Maybe in two years time, this one little podcast that you listen to that helped you have that conversation might be the the snowball effect that led your company to be the UK or the world leaders in your particular field with 360 and VR. 
and I will very much look forward to getting that DM (laughs) in two years time. That's it from me this week. Thank you so much for joining me in the first episode of 2021. Cannot wait to hear from some of you. Cannot wait to hear what you guys have planned for this year. Um, I'm going to be starting a few new ventures this year. Um, For those of you who've been following the podcast for a while, you'll know that uh, last year I became the first filmmaker in the UK to be uh, commissioned by the BFI network to make an original VR drama that goes into production in 2021. Um, I'm going to bring you on board behind the scenes with me, maybe even use the podcast um, as a little bit of a journal almost on that journey to bring you along look behind the scenes of where we're at, what the progress is like, what the challenges we're having are. Um, Let me know if you would enjoy that. Just hit me up and let me know if that would be something you would be interested in following along. It would probably be separate to the Monday podcast. Um, But yeah, let me know. Okay, I'm going to go. Have a good one and I will speak to you next Monday.